From Welcome Villain Films, the studio that brought you the horror hit Malum, as well as Beaten to Death and Hunter Killer, comes their newest nightmare, Mind, Body, Spirit, now available on digital. Directed by Alex Haynes and Matthew Miranda, and produced by Dan Asma, Mind, Body, Spirit follows Anya, an aspiring yoga influencer, as she embarks on a ritual practice left behind by her estranged grandmother. What starts as a spiritual self-help guide quickly evolves into something much more sinister. As Anya becomes increasingly obsessed with the mysterious power of the practice, she unwittingly unleashes an otherworldly entity that begins to take control of her life and her videos. Now, Anya must race to unlock the truth before her descent into madness threatens to consume her mind, body, and spirit. During its festival tour, which stops at Chattanooga Film Festival and the Unnamed Footage Festival, Mind, Body, Spirit garnered praise from critics who call it a found footage version of Hereditary and a knockout found footage horror movie for the live stream era. Experience the first ever yoga-themed found footage horror film and don't miss the film viewers have called extremely frightening and upsetting. Available now on digital anywhere you rent or buy movies online, including Prime Video and Apple Plus. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's the show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com And welcome back to Scarred for Life, the podcast where we open up old wounds by looking back at the films that scared us as kids. I'm Terry. And I'm Mary Beth. And each episode, our special guest brings with them a movie that traumatized them as a child. This week, our guest is Addison Hyman, the director of the new queer horror film Hypochondriac. Addison, hello. We're so excited. Hi. Yes, I was like going to cheer, but like I wasn't sure if I should cheer because <laughs> we don't have the vibe yet. Yeah. But I was going to be like, yeah, woo, yeah. <laughs> boo, boo, boo. <laughs> no, I do the air, I do air horns on this podcast <laughs> with alarming yeah, regularity. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh-huh. good, uh, yeah. Good. Last time no. we talked about your movie on the podcast on our Little Cuts episode, I openly sobbed about your movie. So I'm excited to chat with you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's yes. I mean, you're literally on our poster. You're quoted on our poster. So I mean, you knew this, but it was really fun to be like, yeah. So it's cool. I like I like people who like my movie. I don't like people who don't like my movie. <laughs> You know what I mean? That's but that fair. makes me scared, though, because if we're still friends and I make another movie and then you hate it, I have to be like, 
oh no you know and then i'll have to push you off a cliff you know because yeah. that's how it works yeah uh yeah it's okay yeah, yeah, yeah. i know again you can ch- you can choose the cliff but um... oh thank you okay cool i like that yeah. there's some choice in it i'll accept that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. can yeah, you yeah, yeah. wait and before the podcast is like finished um yeah. like we're done and it's uh-huh. before you push her off the cliff because uh oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of need a co-host <laughs> Well, all Terry cares about is having a co-host. <laughs> you can kill her all you want. Just make sure yeah. I don't. <laughs> well, I mean, so far she's so good. She likes my movie. Uh, so we're good. But if you say anything negative, off the cliff you go. Okay, cool. <laughs> but like I said, you could choose a cliff. But we're not here to talk about cliffs. Um, <laughs> we're not. Rips. Although let's let's jump off this cliff and um, dig into – I don't know about that segue. But let's, let's take it back to the beginning. How yeah. did you get introduced to horror? Uh, my father. Okay. Okay. My father, I mean, I think he knew he had a precocious gay child, so he tried to make me be a part of all the sports. And then when I wasn't into that, he got me into all the horror television. I, I mean, I'm specifically talking about the X-Files. So okay. that was like my first like slant into it. And then the first rated R movie I'd ever seen was Lake Placid. And I almost oh chose Lake Placid for this, but then I was like... But, like, that was, like, when I was in fourth grade, and it didn't scare me, and I was watching it on, like, a 4 by 3 television on a VHS from Blockbuster. Like, it was cool. Like, I was hanging out with my my uh, twin friends um, and uh, Sandy. Oh, my God. Wow. I have not thought about them. And Nia. Sandy and Patrick and Nia. You're never going to listen to this, YouTube. But, um, hey, guys. But how's it going? Shout out it's to been, them if you're yeah, listening. Yeah. It's been since 10 years. Of, anyway, this does not matter. Uh, so, yeah. So... So then, obviously, I started, uh, uh, you know, the sleepovers happened, movies happened, and then more horror, more, more horror was involved. Um, and then I really, really started getting into horror when I had my mental breakdown, um, which is what my what my movie's about. Um, but it was one of those things where it's like comedy stopped being entertaining. And so I started watching horror movies for comfort. And now they're kind yeah. of comfort. And so like now I don't get scared by movies. I just go when I get when I get jump scared, I'm like, ha nice. Like I'm just like, oh, you did it. Because I so I rarely get scared something. anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that ultimately is my journey starting with the X files fast forward 20 years later mental breakdown and now uh i primarily watch horror in my life and also make it but like yeah it's just like yeah i watch a lot what was the scariest episode of the x files you ever saw in your opinion oh god i don't i I can't remember the scariest episode actually this was kind of scary it was one of the it's one of the later episodes which is like i I, everyone's like oh but Mulder was still in it but it's when they get caught in a virtual reality video game and they have to go through levels and have i don't know if you remember this i don't know why this is a specific one that's in my brain because obviously there are other ones but that one specifically it's enraptured in my head mainly because part of me thought it was so cool but also the idea that you could die in the video game was such a big part of it um you know also obviously i watched like goosebumps and are you afraid of the dark but those are mm-hmm. way less adult uh but I, I do remember an episode of are you afraid of the dark where like this ch- this chair swivels around and there's this like weird robot dude that, that like you can plug things into his hand and also oh my god i'm going on such a tangent but there's this episode with like a witch or something looking through a window and i got so scared that i couldn't sleep with the blinds open and that that stuck true until i was 18 years old because Holy of an episode shit. of are you afraid of the dark so i guess it's the x but it's also are you afraid of the dark look people don't give enough credit to kids horror shows for being just Mm. as fucking scary like even though they're made for kids they're still really scary 
Yeah, uh-huh. I was, yeah, Nickelodeon scarred me for life, thanks to <laughs> uh, them. Yep. <laughs> so you mentioned Lake Placid. Uh, you saw that, how old How old were you when you saw that? I was 10. Um, okay. The only thing I really remember about it is when the old woman is feeding human remains to the alligator at the end of the movie. Um, it's yeah. really the only part of it that I still remember. Uh, the only other part that, that I remember. Betty White says fuck. Oh, yes, of course. We love a good Betty White in a movie she doesn't belong in. But, I mean, mm-hmm. does, she does. But, you know, like, it's so funny when you see, like, really famous actors and things. Like, seeing <laughs> um, Amy Adams in, like, an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You're just like, what are you doing here? Yeah. Or, like, Surprise. John Fox. Or, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's so funny. Do you remember what your first horror movie was, though? It had to have been Lake Placid. I don't was think it Lake I was. Placid? I just, I don't remember seeing it. Seeing it before, seeing anything before then, I watched the TV shows, but that had to have been it. Oh, what was okay. your first? What, what about your? What was your first horror movie? I look at it in two different ways. Like my first horror movie was oh probably God, one Chucky. of the. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, sorry. I, that was like that hit me like a ton of bricks. Yes, but your first horror movie was. <laughs> I was. Oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably one of the universe. It was a universal horror movie because my dad. Oh, that's how my dad sure. introduced me to horror. But then, like the first like real horror movie I saw, like that was like scary to me would have been jaws me too oh, that was you, count that as a, you count those as a i don't really know if i count jaws as a horror movie oh, oh. it was horrifying to me I saw oh it. yes <laughs> i mean that oh yeah for sure but it's so funny because it's like i don't know because i didn't i I did not grow up in like i don't have a reverence for um old movies like other people do it's hard to call that old 70s but like i i grew up on television like it was star trek voyager and x files and buffy the vampire slayer truly and then i didn't start getting into movies till i was in my 20s which is oh, okay. a really huge okay. tv nerd um and so by the time people were like oh you need to watch jaws and i'm just like okay and then i watched it and i'm like okay which is weird and people hate me for it but like um i now i mean obviously like i go back in time like watching the thing is like one of my favorite horror movies of all time now um and that's one of the you that got that like poked through for me jaws is a good movie i'm not saying jaws is not a good movie i'm not trying to break your childhood hearts i'm so oh, sorry no. like, i saw it at age four and i would not go in the ocean for multiple years so like oh I, my god i, I mean like, we talked about this young. before but i thought like they were gonna come out of like the bathtub and the pool like like terry had the similar experience like we I thought- lived in alaska and I thought there, I thought there was a shark in the pool, in some oh, indoor wow. pool in Alaska. And I live on the East Coast, which is where uh-huh. it, t- it didn't take place exactly where I live, but like East Coast Beach on the Atlantic Ocean. And so I was like, it's yeah. where I'm done. I'm going to get <laughs> eaten by the shark. This isn't the same, but I remember seeing snakes on a plane in high school. And I was always afraid that a snake was going to, we specifically had one bathroom where there was a black bath, like black bottom toilet or whatever. It was like the mm. fancy one that, that guests would use. And every time I would poop there i'm like please don't let a rattlesnake come up through the pipes and bite my asshole please 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 um i also am still kind of afraid about honestly every time i sit on a toilet that's not my own i'm like please don't you know like a scorpion um an eel a spider a rat oh yeah i've seen too many stories of rats coming out of toilets and i'm just like i don't need that like i'm not particularly scared of them but when they're when they're that close to my asshole i am scared of them (laughs) yeah yeah there's a lot of things that i'm scared of that i'm not scared of when it's not near my asshole like you know when they are (laughs) yeah definitely context 
you know, like red vines. I'm not scared of that, but I don't want candy up my butt. And if somebody was, and I'm just imagining like a weird Santa Claus horror movie where the horror is shoving up red vines up my asshole, I'd be scared. So you not know? A candy canes. Or candy canes. Oh, that's easier. Sharpen With like candy the canes. added menthol Ooh. sensation if it's a minty one. What are we talking about? <laughs> no, no, we've got something here. We've got something here. Um, Your next you know. movie is a holiday horror where yeah. Santa shoves giant candy canes Random up people's ass. shit up people's butts. No, but specific, we start with, I mean, like, it, the, the candy canes just get bigger and bigger and bigger. And then, then he ends up fisting you with his claws that are just teeny, teeny gel <laughs> candy canes. So then he starts scratching the inside of the colon. Um, uh, anyway. That's, 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 that's horrific. I'm here for it, though. Uh, we, we need more fisting LGBTQ horror. You know, I always said. <laughs> I have, a, I have a pretty uh, graphic uh, ass-eating scene in my horror movie, and then the next step, obviously, is fisting. So um, there's no going the other direction. I mean, there is, just it's going to be followed by blood. Anyway. Um, wow. Um, where do we go from here? Uh, so you – I got it. Uh, <laughs> So you mentioned that you don't really get scared. Like you have jump scares in their comfort movie, which like horror is comfort, which it is for me too. But yeah. I'm curious, like the last movie that really got under your skin and scared you. Oh yeah. That is a good question. I feel like, oh, I mean, it's a movie that's not out yet. So, but I, it's another, there's actually two queer ones. Uh, there's there, look out for them. They're actually, um, uh, one's called Wesera, and it premiered at Tribeca, and uh, Michelle won the Best New Director Award. And then the other one is Swallowed, that's going to be playing at Fantasia, that was at Overlook. Uh, so, like, shit like that really gets to me. Wesera was so good. Yeah. I was blown and, away by that movie. And me and Michelle got to, we were just at Neuchâtel, uh, which is a um, fantastic film festival in, like, a, it is fantastic, but it's a fantastic film festival, N-I-F-F-F. Neef. It's very similar to Fantasia and their audiences. They all yell at the screen during the commercials. But anyway, we, we were just there this past week in Switzerland. Um, and uh, I got to see her movie and we got to we got to be like best friends. So look out for Wissana. Yeah, I know. I miss her. They're all at B fan right now and I'm so sad. Uh, I'm glad to be home, but also like you we're know, gonna be I, in I Montreal like be. next week anyway. Yes, we're gonna be in Montreal. They say Montreal. Not me. Um but um yeah, it's okay, Terry. Well, <laughs> you're, you're with us from um, the ether? I don't know. Um, the void. I'll be there in spirit. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, those those movies really freaked me out, which is cool. I like getting scared. Um, it's it's like great, because I feel like it's hard thing. to feel that. I, not, that sounds terrible, but like when you watch so many and you're so immersed in horror, you're like, all right, yeah. I've seen it all. And so when a movie can surprise you, it's just like... Well, I mean, I showed, you know, I showed my boyfriend uh, Blair Witch Project for the first time, for his first time, and I still get chills when I see that fucking body against the wall and the camera drops. Like, I still get chills. That movie freaks me the fuck out, and I'm so titillate. I'm just like, yes, like, I'm glad that a movie made in the late 90s, independent of its, like, kind of, like, you know, um, word of mouth this is just real this is not real i can still get so freaked out by it right oh it's incredible i'm also curious when you started getting into horror like you said in your 20s after your mental breakdown what Mm -hmm. was the first movie that like really got you into horror was there a particular film that kind of was your entry point honestly i think it's like jumping the gun but i mean the scream the scream series uh like that was like my way into horror but like 
Uh, man, I remember watching this during my mental breakdown. This movie called like The Wailing. Oh yeah, oh, what a movie to watch during a mental breakdown. Well, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's just so. Well, that was when I discovered like Korean horror. So that's when I started mm. watching like Old Boy and like obviously The Wailing and like I mean I've been a fan of Bong Joon Bong Joon Ho stuff forever and some of it. Yeah, it's so funny how like Parasite is considered horror, but I guess it is. Anyway, we're talking about The Wailing, um, and I think honestly what. <laughs> I don't know if like, you notice this, but like whenever a child actor is good in a horror movie, like the movie is like almost always good. I, I want to say almost always because I'm sure there's a good child somewhere where the movie's bad. But like that little girl, like literally um, being possessed and like cutting up her family. I just like, yeah. I'm just like, oh, my, my snarf. Oh, my stars. Um, I don't know why I said snarf. What's that from? <laughs> I love it. That's from Thunder- <laughs> Thundercats. Oh, yes, snarf, yeah. Yes, but I like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, me and my roommate always go, oh, snarf. But yeah, um, man, there's, yeah, there's, it's, it's so funny because once you start, I'm just saying that a bunch. It's so funny. It's, nothing's funny. I mean, we're laughing, but it's not so funny when I, anyway, it's like Mandy Moore in that episode of Scrubs where they're, when she's like, that's so funny. And everyone's so upset about it. Um, was there a question? Did I answer the question? Um, I'm going to drink some water. You did. You did. Wow. Thank you. Um, no problem. So let's, we've talked about your mental breakdown. So let's talk about hypochondriac, hypochondriac, yeah. which came out of your mental breakdown. Wow. Look at that transition. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but, um, we did it. We did it, Joe. We did uh, it. Yes. We got there. Before, before we ask about the movie, can you give our listeners sure. a little bit of a breakdown of what the movie is about? Yeah. So uh, I'll give you the long version because there's a lot of moving parts. Um, but basically, it's about a guy, a young Potter, uh, whose name is Will, and he's gay, and it's based off of me. Um, and so he's therefore attractive. He doesn't have a great mustache, but it's a decent mustache. You're, I realize that this is a podcast. Uh, I have a good mustache, listeners. You, anyway. It, it, your mustache is fantastic. It's a good mustache. Oh, okay. Uh, man, I wasn't. I wasn't um, looking for compliments, but let's be real. I'm always. What if we for were just like, no, your mustache sucks. Like, what if we just said that? I to think you? I would just slam. I would just slam the computer shut. Interview me my, over. Yeah, me and my boyfriend have this joke, and we keep we do that to each other every so often when we're like far away and facetiming. We're just like, so we'll be like fake upset and just like fucking shut it down because this interview would be over. Because my uh, being gay is like number two on my identity, but my mustache is number one. So don't fuck with either of those identities, please. <laughs> anyway, my God, the synopsis. Okay, so I'll just do the short one because the long one will get me derailed. Uh, it's basically about a guy who um, starts losing functioning of his body and is uh, haunted by a man in a wolf costume while his mother is leaving voicemails telling him not to trust his boyfriend. Um, and so the confluence of uh, uh, the injury and in, in losing himself with his arms and seeing the wolf and the mother's voicemails uh, turn into a spiral of obsession that causes him to crack. And that's the movie. Uh, there's more to that, but uh, that's the basis of it. Um, and before you ask, yes, Donnie Darko, it was inspired. Um, and yes, it is a beautiful homage. And um, Noah will not be asking or uh, taking any more questions. Shit, I fucked up the joke. Whatever. <laughs> um, but is it based it. on anyway. Donnie Darko? <laughs> 
not based on Donnie Darko. It's a <laughs> lovely little homage. Um, but no, I will say, like, I mean, part of my the reason I really love that movie and why I homaged it is because you have, like, Patrick Swayze acting a fool and the substitute teacher being, you know, being as she is and Drew Barrymore just screaming, fuck! And at the same time, you have, like, uh, Donnie on the bed with his mother and he's like, how does it feel to have a wacko for a son? And she says, it feels wonderful. And that's in the same movie. And I just love those kinds of tonal shifts within genre. It's my favorite thing, especially when dealing with mental illness. Because, like, yes, there's horror. Yes, there's thriller. Yes, there's psychological aspects. But it's also funny and, and dramatic and weird and human and all over the place. Because ultimately, that's what mental breakdowns feel like. So that's more the tone of my movie. It's less like, oh, God. And more just like, ha, ha, ha. Oh, no, please don't die, Addison. Um, and I'd like to, I mean, I mention this every time I tell the movie. It's like, hey, this is based off my mental breakdown, but just so you know, I'm still here. And then it usually gets a big applause because they cheers for me for being for being still here. And I feel really good about myself. And then maybe I do a cartwheel, even though I, I don't do cartwheels. But I just imagine that I do a cartwheel. And then they watch I'm the imagining movie. right now. Uh, listeners, you. he just did a cartwheel. And oh, it was thank you. Fabulous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, really every impressive. time I've tried to do a cartwheel, I just roll over and hurt myself <laughs> anyway so it's a miracle that you just pulled one off perfectly right now yeah yeah it is that's what total, i'm hearing it is a total it's a total miracle especially with my scoliosis and bad lower back which i'm uh suffering from right now my back pain because of that cartwheel oh. this um needs to end this bit needs to end so this is what <laughs> um so that so that's basically what my movie's about this is what you get when i have a diet coke right before something i have to record <laughs> i love it i love it yeah. but um okay so what was it like then to make a movie based on your own mental breakdown like how much of yourself did you put into this mm. Besides, obviously, like, all I mean, your mental energy and emotional energy, but, like, from your yeah. experience. Like- yeah. No, I mean, a large chunk of it, honestly. I'd say a little more than half, maybe even, like, 60 oh. to 70 percent, depending on how. I mean, I didn't see a wolf, but all the voicemails that my mother was leaving me are transcribed in the movie. The scenes with my oh, father wow. are real. The scenes with the boyfriend oh, are not necessarily real because there was a bunch of characters. I mean, characters friends they're friends they're not characters they're friends uh i have friends um i just didn't have a boyfriend at the time so i kind of combined his character all the doctor scenes are pretty so like a lot of it a a large swath i mean um but it's more of an emotional retelling than an accurate retelling because ultimately just because it happened doesn't mean it's interesting that my my friends love to tell me that they're like your suffering doesn't matter addison and i'm like i know (laughs) Anyway, uh, no, no, they didn't say it like that. I'm kidding. I have good friends. You gotta have friends that keep you grounded, bring you back to reality. Yeah, no, honestly, no, but I mean, if I was gonna really, like, find funding and have to do all this bullshit for, like, financing and and stuff, I needed to have something interesting. And, you know, it turns out that, like, I didn't, you know, there are some things that just weren't. But yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's, uh, it's a, it's honestly, it's like an emotional retelling. So a, a lot of what I wanted to capture was, like, the emotion of what it was like to crack rather than like the exact retelling. But funnily enough, a lot of that ended up in there anyway. I mean, this all makes sense to me because when I, wa- I watched this movie out of South by, I think mm-hmm. it was South by, wasn't it at mm-hmm. South by? Is that, is that where yeah, it was, that's where we premiered? Yeah. So many festivals, <laughs> like hard track, hard time keeping them all, all straight. I but, um, but I, I thought, I thought that was out of South, South by. And the thing that like really hit me was like how authentic it felt and how I mean, without getting into spoilers, how it kind of subverts a lot of tropes we see in horror dealing with mental illness, and yeah. that was something that, like, by the end of the movie, I uh, I was crying, I was bawling. I just Aww. it just like really affected me in 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 such a 
I don't know, melancholic, but hopeful way, like at the end. Yeah. And I just, I, I just, I loved it. I just, I love that feeling. I love getting that feeling. Any movie that yeah. can make me feel that way. Yeah, I really appreciate it. And I'm glad that, yeah, because it's funny because a lot of it is it's like, it's almost always women and it's almost always, you're crazy, you're crazy, you're crazy, never mind, it's ghosts. Like, it's like, that's kind of the trope that <laughs> yeah. we fall into a lot. And that's, I mean, that that is the creation of the Scream Queen. I mean, like literally, you know, not just in slashers, but, you know, like Michael Monroe, uh, you know, in um and watcher that just came out mm, or right. michael yeah. monroe in uh it follows like they like it follows, they, yeah. you know and um and those are both like pretty metaphorical and great and i and i love that i love that those movies exist i felt like though when i was going to talk about my own mental breakdown and my own mental illness i think i felt to me the the villain is if the villain is his own mind and he can't break out of his own mind it's almost like sleep paralysis it's like you can see you want to move but you can't because your mind is literally preventing you from moving that to me is terrifying so like i was like i don't really it's not really i'm not interested in telling you what really happened because ultimately what you're seeing is what he experienced it doesn't really matter what happened that's to me even more dangerous because i mean that's how he ends up you know severely burning his arms at one point because he literally thinks there's a child in a hot uh clay furnace you know and like things like so like but you wouldn't know that because that's not what you were experiencing what you were seeing because you were just experiencing things through his lens and that's ultimately what all the movie came from because like who knows if those scenes happened the way they did that's certainly the way i remembered them but i was also taking four xenics a day and i forgot how to breathe so it's like you know who knows if i was exactly reliable um so it's funny the longer we talk about my mental breakdown the deeper i can go into like kind of the horrific shit that i like usually don't say but like you know it's like oh yeah my arms but i also lost functioning of my leg i also lost sight in one of my eyes like uh you know i uh man there's so much anyway i won't do that maybe maybe in casual conversation but it's just funny to like you start remembering things and you're just like oh yeah there was that you know because like there was a time where i couldn't masturbate and my arms were in so much pain so i had to order a flashlight uh and i was on antidepressants so i couldn't come and then i was just fucking a flashlight in the shower for an hour um skinning literally skinning my penis um not to get too graphic but i so did um so no 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 it's funny saddest, it is the saddest things i've no, the saddest and funniest things i've ever heard like not to I make almost, light of it but it's yeah. so no, funny no. the antidepressant that vibe of like not uh. being able to be aroused on antidepressants uh-huh. is just like it's just the way of men, like I feel like no one talks about like that millennial mental illness aspect, but like we've all been there. I feel like yeah. again, not to get TMI, but like it's real. Like it's so yeah. real. I mean, and and that's like, it, it, I gosh, that just. Uh... I, I didn't come out till later in life. Uh-huh. I didn't come out until later in life. I came out when I was 30. And at the same time that I was coming out, I started taking um, antidepressants. And so mm-hmm. that whole thing of like finally embracing your sexuality, but yeah. also being like, I feel nothing is like, it's a hor- that's a horrible experience. Well, it's just like a constant balance because like just because you're medicated doesn't mean you're fixed. And like therapy is right. also involved and. You know, like I've been on antidepressants for a while now, so I feel I feel like I figured out how to both be sexually intimate and um, and fix my brain because ultimately, but ultimately, like if I had a priority, it's my brain, not my not my coming, um, not my shooting white liquid over uh, places. Anyway, uh, there, I, listen, I. <laughs> Uh, 
Diet Coke, guys. Diet Coke. Uh, I also, I, you'll forgive me because, like, it depends. I tell that story sometimes, but in really aggressive graphic detail to get laughs. And, like, the amount of different versions I have for cum just, like, come to my brain. So, yeah, of course, I said white liquid on a podcast trying to talk about white mental liquid. illness. You know, creamy white. Like, like uh, yeah, like, uh, like snot, but white. Um, anyway. That's somehow so much worse. I really I don't know why. I can but... visualize it. Huh. Um, wow. Much to ponder. Yeah, what to ponder? Well, basically, like, I tell that story every so often, and then I, <laughs> I, it gets laughed, and then I, t- I told my producer I wanted to include it in the movie, and then he's like, um, I don't think I... Let me think about it. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> uh, and then, like, the next day he gets back to me, he's like, I'm sorry, Addison, I just don't think you should fuck a flashlight. And I was like, flashlight? What? And then I went back in my text and saw that fla- flashlight had autocorrected the flashlight. And he was imagining some Daniel like Mars Von Trier antichrist things, like, like humming blood, cutting Just off like shoving and I was like, like no, broken no. batteries on your yeah. cock. Can like, you, you know? imagine? Maybe I should put it in my next movie, but I was I'm not gonna that say, gross in my stuff. Yeah. Oh, fucked, man. I'm not a gore person. Mm. I mean, I, I mean, like, I do like gore, but I mean, like, movies that the gore is the point. Um, and I feel like if you're doing that, that's some like Saw 17 shit that like you're just like, you know, like you must fuck this fleshlight. And if you if you do, then we'll cut off your balls, but you'll save your life. Like something so good. That's like the porn that's Incredible. Person. That's incredible jigsaw. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh, sure. uh, we'll cut off your balls and let you live. Cool. Yeah, I mean, honestly. Amazing. But yeah. Wow. So. <laughs> so. Do we want to start talking about the movie you brought with you today, Addison? Yeah, I think we should. So I mentioned Scream earlier, uh, then, but if you didn't, then I'll do another version where I'm like, so anyway, what I brought today was, uh, the movie I brought today is not Scream, but Scream 2. Hell yeah. Um, I'll read a quick synopsis for those of us who are unfamiliar with Scream 2. Two years after the first series of murders, as Sidney Prescott acclimates to college life, someone donning the ghost face costume begins a new string of killings. Yeah. All right. So, Addison, take us back. How old were you when you saw this? How did you see this? What about it terrified you? Why is this your scarred for life moment? And give us your horror story. So, um, there was this there was this place. <laughs> There's so many things about this place in sixth grade um, at my friend's place. I won't say who it is because there's other parts of the story that make him look bad. And I don't want to do that to him. But we used to have sleepovers there. And usually when his parents would go to bed around 10, 30, 11, we would watch the Cinemax channel uh, and take mm. turns in the bathroom masturbating. And then every so often <laughs> we would also he, I would sleep in his bunk bed and we would tell each other sexual stories. Um, this has nothing to do with Scream 2. But let, let me just send the, the era of the context. I it's feel important. like I'm yeah. excited to see how this context builds into yeah. Scream 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we would, yeah. So, but his parents were like, no holds barred. You could do whatever the fuck you wanted. His mom smoked cigarettes. It was cool. Um, and like, I just remember one time, like, I, we, were, we were making fun of Drumline, the Nick Cannon movie. And then she yelled at us because <laughs> she was so into the movie. But again, not important. <laughs> so, anyway, so we watched Scream. So, so we put on uh, Scream 2. I, I'm not a big horror person at the time. I get really scared by them. Like, Buffy is fine because it's campy but 
but so I was like, this is rated R. My mom's going to kill me. You can't put rated R movies on because she's, she was very much like, like I, when we, when I, when I bought the Xbox and I was like, what, like 13 or 14, the only reason I was allowed to buy Halo was because we were killing aliens, not people. Uh, and that was, mm-hmm. it was like very much that, like I wasn't allowed to play Goldeneye at my friend's place. So it was like, I was very sheltered in terms of yeah. like, uh, in terms of gore and blood and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. so we, I've never seen the original Scream, but we put on Scream Two. I had no idea that they were send ups of the of the horror of horror the slashers in general. I just took it on as a head on movie, and mm-hmm. and specifically, and I remember because I like was taken back to it. But like the 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 scene, the 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 cut the cutaway towards Randy when he's dead in the oh. news truck. Like and the blood, like literally pouring onto the street from the closed news van. That is what I remember so specifically as a child. And also, watching Sarah Michelle Gellar die mm. during Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, is, I mean, you th- and also, yeah. So that's the thing, and I'm I'm sure they played off of that because it was yeah. like what, like ninety seven, ninety eight, something along yeah. those lines. 97. So like it was. Yeah, 97. So that was right. So Buffy started in 986. And it was right when that what was happening. I don't know if they're doing it on purpose, but to watch her be Buffy and then die. Fucking crazy. And so Ghostface specifically was always I would like that night. I remember having lucid dreams in which we were still in the same place and Ghostface would come out of the television and try to kill me. Um, And uh, yeah, it was that moment. And then the other moment specifically was when Courtney Cox is in like the silent room and Dewey mm. is behind her and then the ghost face comes up and stabs him in the back and like he like crawls down and blood yes. is what is like, it's blood uh, on the window and stuff yeah, yeah. I mean, for me and, and you know it's again funny I'm watching it now I'm like this is one of the most fun I mean I, like I'm I love every Scream movie. I I still think Scream 3 is an incredible movie. And I know people... And I like Scream 4. I like all of the Screams. Um, there are some... I have the best time. Yes, I have a preference on what I want, like, what and what's... I like more, but Scream 3 is Parker Posey. And you can't say no to Parker Posey. She's so good at it. Um, She's the only good part in that movie. <laughs> yes. You shut your mouth. <laughs> I, I kind of like Scream 3, too. Oh, God, that's I hate it. That's fine. We're all no, entitled to our. It has opinion. a great finale when when she's like telling him to fuck off and fuck you. I can't remember exactly the line, but she's like "fuck you" and she goes after him. Great moment, but yeah, I'm not a fan of three. Let's talk about Scream Three. We're here to talk about. We Scream are not. Two. I will we say are. that that moment was Randy. So okay, this is a story I've told before, but when I was about five or six, my aunt was babysitting me. My aunt is only nine years older than me, so she's like my older sister. And so, you know, she's a teenager babysitting me, so she's going to watch horror movies on TV as you do. And so I snuck out of my bedroom and sat behind the couch and watched what I thought was Scream. But when I watched Scream 2 for the first time, I realized it was Scream 2 because the moment I remember is Randy getting stabbed in the news truck. Because when I saw Scream as an adult, I was like, wait, that part's not in original Scream. It was Scream 2. Yeah. Which... Timeline makes sense because if she was if it came out in ninety seven, it probably came out on DVD like ninety eight or whatever, and she yeah. was watching it at our house. And so yeah. I went around after I saw it to all of the kids in second grade, telling them what Scream was about. And I got called to the principal's office, and my mom got <laughs> called because my teacher was concerned about why I was watching these things at home. And like I wasn't scared though, like I wasn't scared. I just told everyone about yeah. it because I thought it was so cool. And everyone was like yeah. 
she's a psycho. And it was great. <laughs> so screamed. Yeah, I always thought it was scream, but it was scream too, because of that moment with Randy. Like that part yeah. is seared into my brain of just and how like, and ultimately violent. it's like really de- it's really devastating too. Oh, just yeah. as a story moment, because it's one of the it's the it's the first I, maybe even only in that movie of somebody from the the first the first movie dying because mm-hmm. oh, like yeah. cotton doesn't die till the third one and then obviously well like um dewey dying is a misnomer in the second one as well but right. i think yeah. he's the only one from the original movie that dies in that one he is um, yep. so, and it's like it's in the all those lost mo or well though no, it's in the it's in the the they so they lose like the middle because it's right in the beginning the halfway halfway point mm-hmm. uh when the heroes lose and they have to re regroup and it's but, um, early yeah. too his death is pretty early in the movie which i feel like yeah. is so shocking like, um, especially a character like him and now he dies yeah. so early especially like, because shit. his character his character is oh wait by the way this is this is this is such a funny thing i i because i hadn't noticed this before but at the beginning of screen two or when she gets his when he gets the she gets the like bodyguards she she uh she's like that he is a wife and two kids and i think he's gay and then <laughs> later and, the, and then later in the bu- bu- uh, movie they're in the car and he and then he, one says something and the other one he says don't ask don't don't tell. ask don't when, tell when they're I was asking like, where he's oh. going and i never noticed that joke before and i just fucking died <laughs> anyway but yeah like having him die so quickly i mean it made things real and also again like i feel like they did his murder justice because it's something that's so ingrained in my mind even to this day yeah which is funny because he's like the voice of i mean i think kevin williamson i mean that is the that is the character being like okay let's dissect horror movies let's make it like let's do all these things and then the fact that he dies but it's still so memorable that they bring him essentially back you know from the dead several times through different characters mm-hmm. with different arcs even in the most recent scream having the niece and nephew specifically the niece being like okay this is my version it's just like right. he's such an integral part and to kill him it's like pretty crazy he was but he made some choices in acting in this up ep- in this in this uh the sequel yeah. that like when when they're le- when he and sid are leaving the the the, the um the class and he is like exactly. i don't know doing this pretentious like walk down there and then he's talking in a british accent like what the fuck yeah. are you, what is going on here I I, I, yeah <laughs> It's so out of out out of out of place. And then I what I do love is that when he sits down with Dewey and he's like explaining, you know, here's the sequel tropes, the body count's always bigger, death scene's more elaborate, carnage candy, and he's like, and then there's one thing to know, never ever, and then he gets interrupted. It's like, yeah, 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 okay, whatever, kid. We're, we're moving on from here. And it's like, what is the third rule? It was don't turn your back and get upset on the phone before you're then uh dragged into <laughs> Never ever a insult the killer. Yeah. <laughs> Which is also funny because it's specifically in the at the end of the movie, it, it's implied that Laurie Metcalf was the one that did the murdering, mm-hmm. uh, specifically uh, specifically with Randy, and that's just so funny to me. I love that though. Also, Laurie Metcalf in general being the murderer, yeah. like her as an actor, just makes me kind of laugh. It's incredible. Yeah, and like so, so for me, uh, I I, t- I told that we talked um, about Scream with Joshua Tonks, who's an actor, and then so I, I told a little bit of the story. Um, I never, I didn't see the first one in movie theaters. I was out of my horror phase. I was, I, I would have been, gosh, that came out in like late '96, I think, is the first one because the the turnaround between one and two is like less than a year. Mm-hmm. But it came out in '96, so I would have been 15 when it came out, and. 
I, I just, I, I never, I was out of my horror phase. I wasn't watching horror movies. I wasn't old enough to go see a movie theater. My parents were becoming like super ultra conservative. Mm-hmm. So like, I didn't get a chance to see it. And I remember people after coming after uh, Christmas break and kind of spoiling the, the screen movie about like how bloody it was and her, her organs are everywhere. And, you know, there's just so much blood and all that stuff. And I just remember, yeah. thinking, Oh my God, this sounds, this, this sounds like a snuff film. This sounds horrible. And it wasn't until scream two came out on, VHS so like 98 I probably when we finally I was like okay I'm old enough to rent movies now um <laughs> so like I'm going to sit down I'm going to watch these with my friends and we watched the first one and the second one back to back and this this movie I it remains a favorite of mine I honestly this is my favorite of the scream movies I mean perfectly honest I know that a lot of times people on the internet are like how can you like it more than scream the original scream but I I I do think this one for me it's a little bit more queer, I think, too. But it's it's, I mean, it's like, my let's favorite. Not, let's not let's not sit like the fucking theater program is so fucking like gay. I mean, oh my major, god, like, queer, the, the the sorority is such a queer woman vibe, like witchy oh. cult, especially having um. Well, I don't, I'm going Ellen DeGeneres' partner, but obviously I know her Portia name. Portia Rossi yes, to have Portia in there, just like oh my god. But that that like. And the fact that she's like a freshman and has the lead role after like it's been like two months, right? Like how long has she been at college? Like two months. Um, <laughs> right. And she's doing this like Greek opus or whatever. Agamemnon. She's Agamemnon. playing Cassandra. Yeah. And they got Danny Elfman to score it. Like it, they don't say that in the movie, but the score of that because like uh, the the whole score of the movie is not by Danny Elfman, but he created right. the the aria for Cassandra, and it's like okay. What what kind of program is this? Yeah, it's like the like you the Euphoria High School, but in the nineties, yeah, and it's just yeah, like exactly. And you're like, yes, yes. But like the whole scene of her them rehearsing, she's like, there's like wind machines, and she's in this like ridiculously red outfit, and there's. I like, mean, it's it's opera, it's operatic. I oh, mean, it's, it's incredible. so it's so over the top. It's so over the top, and like at the end when she like grabs the axe and starts just like chopping it down, as like Lori as uh, Timothy Oliphant or Lori Metcalf, I forget who are like being crushed by these rocks, which is just like <laughs> shouldn't those be like styrofoam rocks, like right? cement rocks that could just fall casually well, and just like no kill these nineteen-year-olds? <laughs> yeah. We have to kill the college students to make it feel real. This is college I'm theater, just, like, man. <laughs> I love that there's like the British director, and it's just like so he's like convincing her and he's like we need you we need you darling and you're just like man like i i love that because i went to theater school and like obviously my oh. our budgets were not up to those budgets but we we Girl, also didn't no. do I- operatic <laughs> greek theater in 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 my time so um also question like what did she do with her theater degree? Did she like leave theater because we jumped to Scream Three and she's like she's like hiding with like a in a house with her dogs and like and then she like is a trauma person trauma like therapist for phone calls but like you know maybe there's a world as if like Scream was made now like I know Nev Campbell doesn't want me, doesn't want to be a part of the new trilogy the Scream Six but maybe she's like secretly like a TikTok star and she just like makes <laughs> TikToks now. Um, <laughs> I love that. I love that journey for her. But, you know, rewatching this movie, it it reminded me another reason of why I think Scream 3 kind of fails the setup of this movie. Because there's a line in here and she's like, what am I supposed to do? Cut everyone out? Crawl under a rock? That's exactly what she does in Scream 3. It's like she just like leaves everyone, which 
granted this movie okay so what i love about the theater the theater scene in particular is that they're doing cassandra and cassandra of course is a greek tragedy about this uh oracle that sees the future knows what's coming but no one will listen to her and everyone thinks that she's crazy and so i love i i love that i love when when movies use like art or books or movies or something the 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 the, what they're studying in class is relevant to what they're doing right and I do think that the the use of Cassandra gives this movie a little bit more gravitas because it's like it is a tragedy. She is she she is unable to change what's going to happen. She's bound by fate. Uh, there's you know there's the line where she's like now fate is looking at me or I forget exactly what the line is. But by the end of the movie, all of her friends are dead. The only people yeah. that are alive is Dewey. Gale and the person that she fingered as being the killer in the in the first movie. Right. And he's really barely in the movie to begin with. So like everyone else dead. And the what I do love also is that it kind of subverts Cassandra cuz Cassandra knew everything that was going to happen and the, the thing was that no one would listen to her. But by the moment when Derek gets killed, yeah. you know, she she's like she's convinced that he is the other killer. And so right. it kind of twists that and subverts that Cassandra trope because it's because of her inaction that he ends up getting killed and that adds like another layer of tragedy to it. I, I'm curious because watching it upon this rewatch for me, it, once you get to the fact that the killer is recording stuff, it's so obviously Mickey. It's like, oh, oh. it's him. You know, like, and I didn't catch that at the time, but like as soon as no. you see that he's filming, it's like, oh, that's Mickey. It's so obviously Mickey. Um, and then maybe right. Dennis figured that out, and then you have the Billy Loomis mom like twist at the end yeah. to be for right. like people who are the smarter. Big twist. But it was like, it was like, oh yeah, this is like, this is clearly who this is. Also, Timothy Oliphant, while hot, is also pretty creepy in the movie. You <sighs> he know? is um, crazy, freaky Tarantino film student. <laughs> yeah, um, oh yeah, God. it's like yeah, but maybe that's they made it. They made it. They made him too obviously the killer so maybe maybe that would be like the the twist or whatever but yeah also uh fucking uh, joshua jackson's in it too in that beginning in that beginning i know it's like all these like 90s yeah he's he's in it for a second he's not even really a part of it he's just there that's right my my closeted ass love this movie because i had a huge crush on randy and you have timothy oliphant who like a few years later would be a sex god in uh Mm -hmm. go i don't know if you've ever seen go Mm -mm. uh Oh my god, he is like running a, it down. He's a, he is a shirtless drug dealer with a with a um Santa hat on in most of the if throughout most of the movie Hi. and he uh. is whew, he uh See, he for got me really it was hot. like seeing him again in the Mandalorian pop out with that salt oh. and pepper. I was like, mm. damn, you can you still can get it. Good yeah. for you, oh, man. Oh, he has been hot in every single yeah. stage of his of his life yeah. when he was yeah, yeah, in yeah. uh gosh, what was it? Santa Clarita diet. Like, oh yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, Deadwood—he's spent his whole career. I've been like Timmy. I've been a Timmy fan. Mm-hmm. So we haven't talked about the cold open, which is no. I mean, I don't know how it ranks for yes. you guys in cold opens, but Jesus, it's an incredible open. With- yeah, I totally forgot about that. I, that's another part that really freaks me out is seeing Jada. Like again, it's that this maybe this is the whole thing. This movie is so much more opera. It's like very operatic and like over the top, way more in comparison to the first one. Mm -hmm. It's like you seeing her there, and everybody's like, "What have you done?" And also, like, it's an interesting. I mean, like, kind of an early interesting take on like art imitating life or life imitating art in terms of like violence in this weird way, and also, but kind of hiding it under under its like a humorous. Uh, facade because you're just like yes inherently like the boy I forget the the boyfriend actor's name but when he gets stabbed in the ear 
like when he's like looking like looking in the thing like that's funny and then like um you know but then everybody taking off their mask watching her die and then being like oh yeah. no something the howl wrong. the howl she makes when she's up on stage Ooh, that like is like lingered in my mind face, like projected on her mm. face and she's wailing in front of everyone like holding her stomach it's yeah harrowing that part yeah yeah, yeah. Also, I love that uh, Heather Graham is like the Drew Barrymore. I don't know how famous yes. she was at the time, but I, I, I wonder, like, because like th- their casting is so smart. I feel like that that was very deliberate as well. Um, but I'm curious when, like, uh, when Heather Graham started getting really famous or was really well known. She was in Austin Powers two after. Okay? Yeah, I was, that like, was that's, after, that's, yeah. that's how I knew about her in Austin Powers two, yeah. which is well, terrible, you know, but... it's so funny because like I watched all three Austin Powers on acid at the very beginning of the pandemic uh, when we were in Joshua Tree, like kind of still in lockdown, and it was just so funny how every time we would go back to it, I was like, why? I was like, why are we still watching this? But it was me i was the reason uh because i kept pressing play um but it's funny when you watch her i, I know we're, we're talking about speaking of sequels but like she's so done with austin powers too when she's in the movie and you could tell but in a fun way because every time mm-hmm. like austin powers is trying to like joke she's like ha 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 okay anyway no, how no, did no, i get forced please, into please. this yeah how did i get here how did i get here i didn't know that heather was in twin peaks <gasps> yes she was in twin peaks she was in Twin Peaks and she's also in Boogie Nights before. So that yeah, Boogie, I mean, Boogie Nights, Nights is a big one. The Roller Girl. That's Roller like, Girl that's and Boogie like, Nights, you know. which is 97. So I, I feel like people, she was one of those people that people like were aware of as like an up and coming like star, yeah. I think, at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Weird. But then Tori Spelling is Sydney, Which is such a right? funny did callback she, did because. She, did she? Oh, yeah. Wait, say, say, yeah. What's the callback? Because in, in Scream, uh, you know, Sid was like, Sydney was like, yeah, in the movie, they would get, they would probably cast Tori Spelling as me. I didn't so, even like, that's think like. about that. That's, a, that's, a, that's such a perfect casting. And, and how, what, how game for Terry, for Tori Spelling be doing that? Because let's be honest, Tori Spelling was not the greatest of an actress. And uh. so the fact that, like, that, that is. That is like, she's just, she's not. It was like, she was on 90210 because her family was the producer, director, writer, something. Ah, yes, the nepotism. babies. And that's the reason she was in it. So, like, the fact, and so, like, the fact that she was game enough to, like, be made fun of at Scream and then come in and play Sid, it's just, I I had, like, so much more respect. But I love her. And Luke Wilson as Billy. I know that's oh, so funny. To me, it's like Jennifer Beale, uh, Jennifer Beale in BoJack Horseman. But do you, I don't know if you watch BoJack. Who the is whole, she like, BoJack? The whole she was Jennifer Beale. She played the same. She played herself. Oh, same, oh played, okay. Yeah, and she kept being like, and she kept being like, yeah, I just created this new fragrance B list, like B list, like yeah, B list as in as in oh Jessica Beale, uh, Jessica Beale, Jennifer Beale. Oh my God, my brain. Yeah, B list, you know. Uh, as in Jessica Biel. Oh, uh, I think we're saying the same thing. Is the is the joke? But like, anyway, like, I appreciate <laughs> actors who are like who are uh, game for that kind of thing. So, but she didn't. She wasn't in the third one, right? As as uh, Sydney, it was. Uh, um, oh no, my brain farts. Uh, Brittle Bones Girl, or was she? Uh, hollow oh Bones. Oh my god! From 30 Rock? It was ho- Thirty Rock Hollow Bones. What is, what is I have but, Emily Mortimer? Emily Emily, Emily, Emily Mortimer. Mortimer. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's- I was like hollow bones. Ow, oh, ow. my bones. I, I love that. That's what I pull out of my ass. Like she's a very famous actress, and yet no. Listen, that's how Terry would know. It. That's how Terry would know it. Terry's a thirty. Thirty Rock is my obsessed. life. Yeah, I have seen the show like dozens upon dozens of times. I can yeah. like, 
I will just randomly bring up 30 Rock in, in conversation. So the fact that you went there just like yeah. makes my heart happy. Oh, that's so fun. Oh, man. I thought of another terrifying moment in Scream 2 is when the 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 uh, one of the guards is like pulls through the head, like in the car crash oh. scene, which is mm-hmm. like very and just like that was like that was actually one of my favorite parts of or the beginning. I think I love when horror like has like a very cool, like casual beginning. And then all of a sudden there's like a major, major violent death and that's what happened in the um the descent because that's how they died the poles going yep. through so I, that is all oh whenever i'm on a freeway and i see those fucking iron rods i'm like for the love of god do not final destination my ass right now i do uh, yeah. not um but then they have to crawl through the 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 front in order to pull past them and then uh her friend gets uh, her throat slit uh it's just like I mean, it's a little, you have to buy into it, but you're like, you could have just, like, like, removed, like, you could have done that. Like, that was very, uh-huh. like, when you're, when you're Sydney Prescott at that, uh, that level, like, you could have easily just been like, Boop. That's what I was thinking, but that part scared the shit out of me when I watched this recently. Like, mm-hmm. the fir- yeah. so the first time I watched this all the way through, I was actually, it was last year, which is embarrassing, but I watched it, like, last year all the way through for the first time, and that part, like, I was sweating. I was like... Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ! These movies are so good. Like they're they're yeah. horror comedies, but they're so scary. Like they really do well, make that's these why scary it moments. Right? Yes, that's why they work. And the irony is, I saw a scary movie before I saw Scream. Me too. Which is oh such a no! Weird. So did I. Such a weird thing. <laughs> so, so like I didn't know, but then the irony of realizing later that scary movies literally a spoof of a spoof. But that's why I liked this, the screams because they are genuine. And that scream scary originally was called Scary Movie. Was it really? That's mm-hmm. I did not know that. That's yeah. Kevin Williamson's original thing. script. He was gonna he turned it into a scary movie, and then they were like, yeah. oh, no, we need to change yeah. it. Oh man! But I, I, okay, going back to the beginning, it is it yeah. is really hard for me to to watch this this film and not crack up in the beginning just because of scary movie where yeah. in scary movie, I, is it two or is it one? I can't remember what it must. I think it's one where the dildo goes in the guy's ear and that's how he dies. Oh <laughs> yeah. That is, that has in the to be bathroom. one because ghost face wasn't in two. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It is. A, yeah. The, the dildo thing is very much something I remember. <laughs> but the, so well. but the nice thing though is, is that watching this with subtitles now, because I never, when I, when I watched it before, I can never understand what, whoever was in the dude the totally. saying. it's like he's like basically it the clown like oh sorry mommy or like whatever it yeah is. it's like i didn't mean it i didn't mean it i swear please don't mommy i'll tell yeah. you really i'll tell you mommy i'll tell you yeah. why i did it mommy listen mommy listen mommy and it's like it's really kind of creepy and that all you all i could hear before was just like yeah you right. know and so having it like spelled out in front of me was like oh they're actually saying something right. and it kind of gives away it's a little bit of a hint as to who the killer is because mommy and you know it's the right. that aspect of it well that's the question is who was in the stall was it was it um uh the mother or was it timothy oliphant probably uh, my guess is the thing is i always just assume it's timothy oliphant which is why it's like whenever because that's the thing that they get away with is like even in i mean specifically in scream five when dewey dies i was like okay i get that the girl the the girl from once upon a time in hollywood who plays a psychopath in that one too is also like crazy and i love when the hand sanitizer lights her on fire but she's so teensy <laughs> and to like have her like er- murder and overpower like one of the heroes you're like oh man um but that's what they do and it's i mean it's like and i i'm i'm full on to believe that it'll happen but it's just like wh- i'm curious if the writers have an idea of when it's kept uh of when it's 
um, Laurie Metcalf and when is Timothy Oliphant, um, yeah. other than the one time where they do. I was yeah. still upset watching it when she doesn't take off the mask. I'm like, bitch, why don't you take off the fucking mask? Just do it. We could it's have right saved so of- much time. We really yeah. could have saved so much. If she hadn't time. honked the damn horn. Oh, yeah. That's how they do it. But it's also funny because it's like, I'm assuming that's Timothy Oliphant in that car. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, when they see him, he has like a he has like a, a bruise on his forehead yes. from where he yes, is. Yes, yes. And then okay. he could, but he could have removed the mask and that could have, they could have dealt with that there. And then like think that, and they're like, oh shit, there's two ghost faces. It still could have been that. But I mean, I'm not trying to rewrite brilliance. I'm just like, there is a way in which it could continue, even knowing that Timmy was the, uh, was the, uh, was the killer. Then you have a giant operatic moment where he's just like, well, Jerry O'Connell is like crucified, kind of. I know. And then Timothy like, Oliphant kind of shirtless. Yeah. Yes. Looks very good. He's in his prime, uh, Jerry O'Connell. Um, okay, Jerry O'Connellness. I was huge, 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 huge. He was the biggest crush I had. And when he gets really? up on that table in the cafeteria and starts you. singing, uh, that part did kind of make me go. Uh, yeah, I was cringe. I mean, <laughs> if I a was man well, sang for like, me in a cafeteria, I'd be like, "Get away from me! Never speak to me again." My underwear is total, wet. No, is I'd be thing. like, I'd be so fucking embarrassed, but also be like, "Let's let's go." <laughs> Never do that again. But thank you so much. <laughs> like we gotta go. <laughs> but I didn't like his outfit, so that's why I was just like, because it's like uh, a baggy polo and like khaki pants, very 1997 and very oh. fraternity 1997. Yeah, so that's why when he was in his boxers and shirt and like covered in ropes and this is my question the the red markings on his body is that lipstick i, I tried to look closer this time and i was like part of me thinks there were like knife wounds like it went that far in terms of the fraternity hazing I maybe i think it was lipstick too it probably is lipstick but i don't think they went too crazy yeah i was confused why they had a funnel down his boxers and didn't just like pour it down his be- boxers um well, I, let's look who the production designer is, and maybe we can find an email. Yeah. Uh, Seriously. That's the game the most, wanted everyone to, like, yeah. pull it up and just start pouring down. Like, Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's literally the most pressing question I have now upon rewatching Scream 2 is why the funnel? That really bothered me this time. I was like, but why the funnel? Normally the funnel is to get all the beer in your mouth. Why are we sticking a funnel down his pants when you could just as easily just pour it down? Yeah. Maybe they're trying to put maybe the Maybe he was in concentrated. Butt. Yeah. Um, I'll just make a note to 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 make sure we really get this answer. Yeah, does anyone have an IMDb it. Pro account that we can access the email of the production designer <laughs> for Scream Two? Please and thank you. Yes. <laughs> we we gotta talk about Debbie Salt. We gotta talk about the way that at the very end she turns into Miss Voorhees. Oh, Debbie like, Salt! Oh my god! Yeah. I was like, I was like, because I'm so much like an actor person. I was like, Debbie Salt. Who is Debbie Salt? <laughs> but yes, she very much. Yes, Laurie Metcalf turns into it's with her so wide-eyed craziness. Because I know her. Obviously, we know her from Roseanne. But I grew up. Yeah. I, grew up, I was. I went to college in Chicago and stayed afterwards for five to six years. So I've seen her act on stage a lot. Just because she's a Steppenwolf ensemble member. So it's so funny seeing her do these like ridiculous, crazy comedic roles, becoming becoming Jason Voorhees' mother in this, and then seeing her in like really realistic Steppenwolf dramas. It's just like a funny, like combination type of situation. And when I revisited Scream 2, I'd seen her in plays and I was like, oh, this is such a fucking like over the top, big eyed performance. But I dig it. I don't know. I loved it. I I loved her performance in this. And I, I, I mean, I watched it. I, you know, grew up in the, in the, 
I gosh, I don't know when when it when it started airing, but Roseanne was huge, and I remember seeing yeah. her in that and being like, "Oh my gosh!" I forgot she was in Roseanne. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I watched a lot of Nick and Knight as a kid, so that was like very much in my era. I watched a lot of Roseanne there too. Yeah, There's so I, it was always out of order. See, it would, whenever like they would change the intro, I knew I was in a different part of Roseanne, uh, and I was like, uh, "Why couldn't yeah. you just play them?" Whatever. TV was a wild time. We never knew that there was only like two seasons of Rugrats, but they just kept playing it over oh, and over and oh over again. And then you just assumed that there were like 18 seasons. Great. Mind blown when I get like the DVD, the shows on DVD and it's like, wait, what the fuck? There were seasons of this? I just thought it was like in perpetuity forever going on. Like no I concept know, of that I as know. a kid. That's um, so funny. But I also like, she even looks like. Uh, Mrs. Voorhees, like the haircut, like I, mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. she's in more of like a suit situation, but she really has like the whole vibe of the Jason Voorhees. Right. But I was wondering, I was so when Terry, you're talking about like Randy and what he was saying. I wonder if it was like never count out like a family member or something weird that would like allude to the mom somehow. Um, right. And I bet they did that on purpose because they we kind of I feel again they kind of lead you towards Mickey pretty pretty mm-hmm. heavily, but then she appears and you don't. I didn't expect it that much. Like, as I didn't expect it at all, and so I wonder no, if it was no. like I'm also a very stupid audience member. So whenever I watch something, I generally fall, even if it's really obvious. Like I just, I just got back. I was on an international plane from Switzerland to here. And speaking of Dev Campbell, I just watched Skyscraper starring The Rock. Uh, and man, is, is that Sky- good? Is she in Skyscraper? She's, she's, she's the wife. She's the wife. She's The Rock's wife. Nev Campbell Good plays the Nev rock Campbell. and skyscraper. I know. Good for the rock. Um, that fun. Yeah. The skyscraper fun. It was amazing. Well, I was on a plane. I love watching bad action oh, yeah. movies on the plane. Oh, that, no, exactly. Like, it's my favorite thing in the world. Like a kind of you know? like an action movie that's like not. Yeah. The, but you're like, this is just a fun movie to watch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it had and it had a Pablo Schreiber, and he is just fucking the most gorgeous man yeah, he's just like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. wow yeah, yeah anyway but we're talking about Mrs. <laughs> but as soon as i was like man neb campbell she was just i remember when i started this podcast i was like i need to remind them or even inform them that neb campbell is indeed in the in the movie in the movie starring the rock and neb campbell skyscraper uh, a legendary production. What is um, from the makers of Godzilla <laughs> and Godzilla versus Kong? But back to Scream. But what also make sure to watch. Uh, no, no, but make sure to watch Skyscraper. Um, this is now an ad for Skyscraper. <laughs> I've been paid by uh, Legendary. And then Terry, no, continue with so. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> so okay, we were talking so about Neville how like is in Skyscraper. Right? <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. Oh, Can yeah, you yeah, believe yeah. that that she, she isn't? No. Okay. So the, you know we've we've all talking about how like you know the reveals surprised us and that is one thing that i really love about the scream movies is because the non-supernatural slashers um kind of pull from like giallo and the italian mm-hmm. like crime crime uh thrillers i forget what the term was for the the crime thrillers from 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 italy at that time but like those two kind of like informed each other and then the slashers sort of in some respects pulled itself out of like the, the, the giallo craze from the sixties and the seventies. And one thing that I really appreciate about the screen movies is that era of mystery of trying to outsmart the, the, the screenwriter and trying to figure out who the killer is. And you get that in a lot of like the, the non supernatural slashes, like the ones that aren't like Freddie or Jason or, you know, et cetera, who we know who the killer is. And I love that about the screen movies. And I love how much like, how secret how secretive all the production is because in this one they had like that leak of the script that had four killers in it 
because um, the the original script had Cotton as the killer, Hallie as the killer, um, Mrs. Uh, Loomis as the killer, and I forget who the fourth one was. But there were like four killers in the script that got leaked. And later on, uh, Kevin Williamson said that that was like a dummy script to like get people not to guess what the what the, who the killers was. But who knows? They the script yeah. of this movie got written pretty much constantly while they were filming it. Okay. And mm-hmm. I but I, I love how much how secretive all the even up to Scream Five like everyone's like oh don't don't spoil who the killers are don't spoil who the killers are. and I I love that about these these movies trying to figure out okay which one of them is the killer right and like, I, they they do do a great job of keeping it keeping you on your toes and but again mm-hmm. I'm a very stupid audience member which I really like that about my film I love that I'm not spoiled as a filmmaker watching movies and dissecting them while I'm watching them because like I love just being able to sit down and enjoy a movie especially when it comes to horror and especially when it comes to mystery horror or slasher horror that like it is such a delight when it's revealed and I'm generally like whoa I'm the same way though I try not to like figure out the ending because I just have like yeah if I thought about it maybe but it's just kind of fun to be like ooh. I don't. I have no investment until the end, and they reveal it, and the reveal is so much more fun yeah. than being like I called Derek. it. What? He was the other killer in the original in the the sleep oh, script. It was Derek Hallie Cotton Weary and Mrs. Loomis. Oh, which that makes sense, obviously, because there's that moment in the you know the trust. They always go. I mean, it seems like everybody's going back to the Loomis family, even in the Smith one. It's always Loomis. Mm-hmm. It's something that's always to do with Billy Loomis and 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 I guess and, and then uh, Nev Campbell's horror mother. Which is such a weird. It's just like, it's like, yeah, it's like that's the scream three. It's like, oh, she got around and had another kid, and that's the murderer. Who's now a director of Stab? Uh, I love it. I don't so know. weird. When they're like the first one who smells the gas in the car. I mean, not to like jump to scream three, but I, I'm such a fan. I will watch. In fact, I think I'll probably show my boyfriend Scream for the first time tonight because he's never seen it. Because now I'm in a Scream mood. I'm like, I'm like screamed. I'm like Scream obsessed currently in this in this moment so it was so hard for me not to like hit play and just start watching like all i also done the same thing i'm like i don't have time but i want to so badly (laughs) they're long movies scream two is two hours long i know i saw that and was like what the fuck but they use the time super well no they do they really do i'm always surprised when a movie can use a two-hour runtime like perfectly because a lot of them don't right but some of them do. Well, and this movie has some really great set pieces. I think this movie has some of the best set pieces. Like mm-hmm. you have the opening scene, right? You have the yeah. sorority house happening twice, once mm-hmm. with um with Buffy and then then again with with um Nev running through mm-hmm. it with with Sid running through it. The recording right. studio, which I know was like a traumatic moment for for young you. That that yeah. whole like uh gale moving through the uh the soundproofing trying to like evade it's It's so good yes it is it really is you're right the set pieces i mean honestly it's a it's a really weird question for me it's like why are there not more things set in college in general we're so obsessed with high school but some of my favorite things have been set like including scream 2 in college because it's not weird that they're fucking because they're above 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're alone from the first time. So you're doing all these things. It feels like you're an adult, even though you're not an adult. Like you're in a town. Like new so area. Many, like, yeah, new area. Like all this, all this kind of stuff. Oh, do we know where this college is supposed to be set? Like that, that was my question. Windsor I, College. I, yeah. I'm curious <laughs> so expensive. Because, so gothic. The dorms? Yeah. Girl, uh, the dorms. Yeah. yeah. Her L-shaped know, room. Me, yeah. 
Well, that was like they did that in uh, maybe even homage to it, but they did that in Cabin in the Woods too, where like the college dorms are so ridiculously huge. Oh, that's huge. right. Oh, the redheads. I think it even might have been it, the redheads. Yeah, her college dorm room was looks yeah, exactly was like that. Huh. Yeah, I, that just came to me right now because I remember it might, might even been very might even been the same, but uh, maybe not. Uh, yeah, that. You're right. I mean, this, I mean, especially specifically of specific set pieces, it's you have the theater set that they mm-hmm. had to build for this as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So I, ha- I have to know mm-hmm. what, what, which one is your favorite? What scream is your favorite? What is your ranking? Oh shit. Um, okay. Scream top scream two, scream five, scream three, scream four, wow, but I okay. love them all. Yeah. But I, I do really do love them all. Um, uh, and I really like, it's, uh, um, it's so funny. Cause even in scream four, uh, I didn't realize that they were making a joke when the guy's like, Oh no, I'm gay. And then the, and the, and the, uh, the guy's like, huh? And then he's like, it's gotta count for something. Right. And he gets stabbed. I thought that that was him <laughs> actually coming out. And I was so devastated <laughs> that he, that they killed the gay person. Turns out that was a joke. It's like, it's uh-huh. like when I miss things like in, um, in, uh, Pan's Labyrinth, I really thought that she went to the other world. I didn't know that was in her imagination. And then when I was told that, I was so devastated and chose not to think that anyway, because I didn't want to think that the girl well, didn't find her way. <laughs> okay. But like in Pan's Labyrinth, like no, I mean, I there's multiple, it's... there's multiple ways of like reading it. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. You you could read it as as literal that she literally goes to a fantasy world. It's a little yeah. bit happier of an ending if you look <laughs> at it that way. It changes That's the entire intent of the movie, but yeah. but uh, you could. Okay, what about you, Mary Beth? Since you've seen yeah, them all recently, uh... this is totally on the spot. Yeah, I know. mine was too. I'm not even sure if I agree with what I said because I like them all. But um, <laughs> I know it's, it's hard because I really do like all of them. But and I'm like new. I'm a little bit like newer. But I think, ooh shit! I think Scream Two, Scream, Scream Five, Scream Four, Scream Three. Yeah, I think that's it. I think I'll stand by it. I'm I'm not upset. But and it's ranking with love because I don't I mm-hmm. yeah it's with love. same week, same <laughs> yeah with others with other franchises like oh that movie's shit with all of these I'm like oh I love them all for, yeah it's like try doing flaws. all the Halloweens yeah all the Halloweens are all the Nightmare on Elm Streets like those are not all created equal no um in comparison no no, <laughs> no. this is a, the most probably most solid of the the franchises in terms of like five entries and they're all. Pretty mm-hmm. dynamite. All right, Terry, yeah. before we wrap up, what's your ranking? Yeah. Um, okay, Scream 2. Yeah. And Scream 1. Okay. Scream 2, okay. Th- you know, the problem is, is that I, Scream 2 is so good for me because of Scream 1. Mm. That, yeah, like, that's it w- true. So, but, but Scream 2 is still my favorite. Like, if mm-hmm. I'm going to throw on a Scream movie, it's going to be 2. It's That's just the way it is. So 2, mm-hmm. 1. I... <sighs> If we were to like isolate the cold open of four, I think the cold open of four is just brilliant. The cold open of four is very that I never laughed harder in a theater given the like the irreverence of that. I was like so Same. yeah, I was like this is the funniest thing in the world. I could have watched them kept. I kind of I could have watched them just kept going. I was just like just yeah, keep going. Right? I know, just keep doing this. This could be the entire movie. I just want a yeah. vignette of like all these different <laughs> stab movies. And and Scream Four also holds like an important part to me because it, I saw it the day after it came out to people. Mm. Like this was like oh yeah. I, I came out on a Saturday. I went to go see with my friend that I came out to on a Sunday. It's like so it's it's like monumental for me in that regard. But like I I do think Scream Five is a better movie than Scream Four. And then. 
way in another basketball field. Basketball field? Is that even? That's not even the right Scream term. Three. <laughs> Scream three is like way basketball way court, over. friendo. Shh, 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 I know you're. Shh, I know you're gay and not into sports, but well, on. I think the best way to probably talk about that is like the other four are varsity, and like you're in like you're in like the like JV leagues or even the freshman league or like major league baseball elementary minor league baseball. elementary school you're, wow. you're learning you're wow. learning i do He's not like three vicious. i do not like three i i rewatched it what it, i rewatched all of them and prepped to go see scream on opening uh-huh. night yeah and yeah. oh god three was such a chore no, it's for me five to get cream. through it's not scream it's five cream you know <laughs> that, that age-old easy joke uh yeah it's five cream i forgot about that i fucking forgot about that Five cream. Five cream. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, all right. So, now as an adult, rewatching this movie, is it still uh-huh. as terrifying as when you first saw it? No. But I do get I, – but I, I will say the, the one part that, like, took me back to m- me as a child was watching – was the unveiling of Randy dying. Like, that mm-hmm. to me is something that, like, I like I could see my – you know, like, it's like in uh, Doctor Strange where they get pushed back and then all of a sudden they're a ghost. Like, I, like – pushed back into or everything everywhere all at once maybe we like that movie a little bit more but like it, it just like that moment of like going back to where you were in that sensory experience mm-hmm. like i came it came back to me and it ultimately uh scared me in a way that i didn't expect it to um because i've seen cool. scream 2 like so many times since then uh so to come back to it and even get newer things upon rewatching, especially the don't ask don't yeah. tell joke i like to me that's like one of the funniest little just throwaways uh that i that i will take with me now being like that was hilarious but yeah i mean that moment that moment does definitely scared me hell yeah all right so let's wrap this up and give this a rating out of five terry mm-hmm. how many whose art program is like this out of five <laughs> Do you give <laughs> Scream to? Oh man, you know, what? Well, this is like okay. Th- like I said, this is my favorite of the Scream movies. But like rewatching it now and thinking about it with a critical eye, because before it's just, you know I'm just watching it for fun. Thinking back at it as a critical eye and, and looking at it as like this grand guignol major Greek tragedy. It's it's so heartbreaking in a way that. Um, I don't think any of the other Scream movies are. The way that the movie ends with with Nev just like losing everyone close to her and being unable to stop any of it is so heartbreaking to me watching it now, but also seeing Gail's like growth in this because and and that's again why I think this movie for me is better than the first movie, but requires the first movie because at the very end of of scream you know she's a reporter she's grabbing her thing and she's like i'm the first on the scene i'm gonna give you guys all the details and by the end of this movie once she realizes that dewey is alive she's yeah. like fuck this and she gets in the back seat of the ambulance and goes off with him whereas yeah. she left him before and that yeah. is like whoo you like it just it makes me emotional just like seeing yeah. that character growth I feel for both bad, of them dewey. in this season i feel really bad yeah like you're just like oh man and so that's and so for me this movie i i i this movie's five. It's five. Whose art <laughs> whose art program is like that out of out of five for me? It's I just I think this movie is I think this movie is a classic. I think it's 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 as perfect as a slasher could be. What about you, Mary Beth? So I'm gonna give it four and a half uh crazy ass theater programs with too much money. So like four and then one whose budget was halved, but it could still do better than any other college uh, yes, yes. drama department I've ever seen. Uh-huh. All the reasons you said it really I mean like I like it 
like a smidge better than Scream. But again, Terry, like you said, it's because they exist in like this relationship. It's like it wouldn't be good without it. And it's just always so impressive to me when a second movie can be so good. And it's not Mm -hmm. like it's like super rare necessarily, but it's not common either. And so it's always so refreshing to watch a sequel and you're like, holy shit, like they really are building and making this world and this mythos so fascinating, which I think a lot of slashers are like the big ones are supernatural. Like I know Halloween isn't supernatural, but it becomes supernatural and there's like a supernatural quality to it. But Ghostface can get his shit wrecked constantly. In fact, he does. Oh, yeah. He, does. he or I, she like, like I, any. He, yeah. <laughs> just, just watching get, like, them eat shit is so yes. entertaining to me. But it's amazing though, because it's like, there isn't this vote. Like they're not, there's a vulnerability to them. So you're like, these really are people who can get their asses whooped. And like, that's so clear in this one, especially with the scene where she's crawling out of the window. And I just mm-hmm. love, like, the humanity they really do put into the slasher and the way that they can change it out. Like, you don't need to build into this weird mythos, but you can change out who the killers are. And it's so much easier. And I don't know. So Scream 2 really shows how you can use that formula to really make something special. And so I'm going to go to four and a half. Addison, you have the final word. How many what arts program is like this out of five do you give Scream to? Uh, I guess I'm going to go with 4.7 out of so 4.75 out of 5. Let's okay. say that drama department got a little more of an endowment and now it's 75% of the budget so <laughs> yeah. it can keep up with it. Honestly, y'all, I think you might be convincing me that Scream 2 is the most superior film of all time because thinking about it, you're right, they are in tandem between Scream 1 and Scream 2. Scream 2 can't exist without Scream 1. But, but Terry, what you were talking about with like the, the amount of empathy that you have and the amount of the, the operatic sense of the entire movie kind of, uh, kind of, um, based in this like kind of, uh, op- operatic, classical theater style umbrella mm-hmm. versus like scream being very much like just like a, a high school slasher that's very much elevated its own self and commented on the fact that it was elevating itself and then did it it's like it's such a what and like it's it's unheard of you know especially when it, when it comes to how much you can you know cycle through the amount of layers that the screams have um that are that are so deliberately built in to not only like send up the genre but to make fun of itself to like to say that they're making high art and that it's good and also to achieve it at the same time. I mean, it's up there with, this is such a weird comparison, but it's up there with Elle Fanning um, in uh, Super 8 when she's like doing the monologue and those kids look back and she was like, how is that? And they're like, whoa. It's like, that's like, in terms of, it's like that level of impressive, how much they're able to both comment on themselves and then still be a wildly entertaining slasher, say something. And like you said, be, have it be devastating, have Gail grow as a character, have Dewey almost die again, have Mm. Nev, have Nev uh, literally have someone die and it's her fault because she didn't trust her boy because of her trauma. Like there's so Mm -hmm. many layers in that that uh could only exist predicated off of the original but also like it stands on its own and is independent of its own and uh, exists as its own on its own terms yeah well Um, and let's also not ignore the fact that scream came out december 20th of 1996 scream 2 came out december 12th of 1997 less than a year Less than a year turnaround, and That's and you wild. write a script that is being rewritten all the way up to filming. Yeah, and it's this good. <laughs> like it's that's really a modern impressive. miracle. No, it's really impressive. Yeah, 
But uh, but yeah. So anyway, thank you so much, Addison, for bringing Scream Two to us and just like allowing <laughs> me to like think about it more critically than just enjoying it as a slasher. Uh, no, I agree. Thank you. Yeah. Where can our listeners find you, and um, what do you have that you can talk about? Yeah, uh, listeners, <laughs> listeners. I'm mostly on Instagram. I only <laughs> use Twitter to doom scroll. But um, if you want to find me on Instagram, uh, you can find me at Addy Bear Five, Addy with a Y. You can also follow hypochondriac.film. Um, and I hope you check out my movie that my first feature, Hypochondriac, released in select theaters July 29th and on demand everywhere in North America on August 4th. And that's what I got for you. Hooray! Yay. Listeners, you've heard from us. We want to hear from you. What was your experience with Scream 2? Send us an email at scarredforlifepodcast at gmail.com or reach out to us directly on Twitter. I am at MB McAndrews. And I'm at Gailey Dreadful. And of course, don't forget to follow the podcast on Twitter at Scarred Podcast. And please don't forget to review, rate, and subscribe. Thank you to Eric Power for our artwork. Thank you to Sean Kelly for our music. Thank you everyone for listening. Please stay safe out there, but most important, stay creepy and until next time powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs>